da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. All right, we're back with more Mad About Movies this week. Kent here, along with co-host Brian, and we had our AMA this past week. We've already done our throwback episode for the week, but there's this one little movie that came out this past weekend that our Discord is just going crazy about. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody is posting it in the What I'm Watching channel on our Discord and our spoilers discussions and things like that. By the way, if you're somebody that really enjoys movie talk and you don't really have somebody in your life, maybe, that sees things like you do in terms of movies, in terms of TV, pop culture, music, things like that, join our Discord because we've got a ton of people in there, a lot of people that have a lot of different tastes, a lot of like-minded tastes, though. So, um, you know, maybe you watch a TV show, maybe you're watching WandaVision right now, and you're like, (laughs) just watch the episode and you just really want to talk to somebody about it, we've got a WandaVision spoilers channel on there. So uh, it's, it's fun every Friday waking up and Watching the episodes, Brian, and then going in there, and then for the whole weekend, we're all just arguing about uh, conspiracy theories about WandaVision. It's been awesome. Sure, yeah, for sure. It's been good. Sure. But that applies to, you know, a, a ton of stuff. We've got uh, we got a stock channel in there now because of this week, so a lot of investment advice from the man fam happening. So, and it's been <laughs> awesome, but, you know, this has, been a, this has been a week where The Little Thing seems to be the most popular movie in the What I'm Watching channel, and it's not surprising because... This past weekend, Brian, it made a whopping $4.8 million at the box office. <laughs> Came in first place. Hey, but in pandemic dollars, that's like, what, $40, $50 million open? Something probably. Like probably something around there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Crude's New Age took in 1.8, Wonder Woman 84, 1.3, <laughs> and then The Marksman rounded out the $1 million club with 1.2. You know, you remember Box Office Mojo, RIP, used to have a tool where you could look at old movies and their box office total and then, um, and, you know, do an adjustment for the, for the time period and inflation and stuff like that? Yeah. You think they, they'll have one of those? For they, need to, they need to. They need to. Like a pandemic inflation <laughs> one? Like, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. <laughs> I would definitely subscribe if they started charging and added that. I would, uh-huh. yeah. I would do that. Uh, RIP Box Office Mojo. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's, that's, that sucks, but man, yeah, the little things also simultaneously released on HBO max, part of their, you know, day and date announcement this past year. We already talked wonder woman 84 and we've got more movies to talk here, uh, coming up pretty soon. We've got Judas and the black Messiah coming up Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus Kong or V Kong or whatever it's called. And so, yeah, a lot of HBO max talk will be happening, but this honestly seems like a movie, Brian, that, I don't know, probably was, I don't know, a little bit awardsy for for Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. They thought they had something here, you know. They certainly and, were pitching it that way anyway. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. They ran it for, for your consideration ads and things like that. Right, right. And, you know, waking up this morning and seeing Jared Leto nominated for the <laughs> Golden Globe for <laughs> Best Supporting Actor, and... Mm-hmm. You know, that's a whole other discussion about the Golden Globes, which we might have next week. Uh, Richard, Richard could join us for that. But, um, but yeah, it, this was this is one that seemed to have, I don't know, a lot of high hopes when when they went into sure. it. And here's my question: mm-hmm. Why? Because it's written and directed by John Lee Hancock, Brian, and I don't know if you're a <laughs> if you're a fan. 
I think his best film is The Highwayman, like last year, <laughs> the Bonnie and Clyde one with uh, with Harrelson and Costner. That was kind of fun. Mm. Um, I don't know how he possibly made the movie The Founder boring about um, with Michael Keaton <laughs> and about McDonald's, something that everybody loves. Mm-hmm. But that was that was pretty boring, even though it's kind of a guilty pleasure movie for me. But yeah, sure. never been a John Lee Hancock fan at all, and I mm. he's not a good director. And uh, I don't want to spoil the, the, the final grade for Kent, but still not a good director, man. And I don't know. You get this Denzel, be, you get Denzel yeah. in a movie and you don't get anything out of him. That's proof you're not a good director. No, like, See, I, think, I don't know uh, if this is understated by Denzel, but like, mm-hmm. and this might be the worst Denzel performance I've seen in since I can remember. Honestly. I'm excited for this now because, you know, I, I we we rarely uh super disagree on a movie and maybe super disagree is too is too far on this, but I didn't dislike this and that seems to be a an unpopular opinion. My deal with with uh with old John Lee fellow Texan um is that he's not a he's not a floor raiser. If he Right. I'm looking at his his uh filmography to kind of try to remind myself and there's, I mean, there's some stuff in there that's fine. Uh, the founder is is pretty solid. Saving Mr. Banks is fine. Uh, Blindside <laughs> got super overrated when it came out, but if you kind of take away the hype machine from it and just kind of look at it as a movie, and it's fine. Um, I love the Alamo, and I've said many times, like I can't imagine that anyone who does not live in Texas and is not of like our generation or older could possibly love that movie or, or even maybe even sit through that movie. But, uh, it, it, it hits home for me. I really dig it. But my point is like the rookie's fine. There's a lot of stuff there. That's like mass market decent, you know, (laughs) that's just like a, a solid B movie that'll play well in uh iowa you know or or or, or whatever it, it just it, it there he does find stuff i cannot imagine ever believing that uh that john lee hancock is going to uh, elevate a bad script or is gonna like take my material to the next level or or anything like that so you know, or <laughs> even take his own material to a yeah. The, him a, being the writer a, is a big is a, probably a, a big level that's like one. that that makes you feel like you're seeing anything more than just like the most basic, mm-hmm. like somebody was hired on set just to make sure the camera was running. Like that's sure. what it feels yeah. like when I watch his movies. Like mm-hmm. there's no soul mm-hmm. behind any anything he does behind the camera or the shot sure. choices or uh, you know the the way he works with actors. I don't, I don't get it, but, sure. but yeah, I, I think he's just a guy that you bring in for uh, relative competence, right? Like there, he's a he to he's a zero in the in the wins above replacement category. He's not going to raise anything, but he's probably not going to tank it. So if you have good stuff or decent stuff, the movie's probably going to turn out to be good or decent. And if you don't then it's probably not. <laughs> That's just, that'd be my guess. I think the biggest problem may be that, that he's the, the writer on this. That yeah. This is, that this That's, is a John Lee Hancock original. That's I don't want to understate how big of a flaw it is for a director not to be able to elevate what's on the page. Sure. Not to yeah, be able to take good. what's written and, and form it into anything more than that. You know, mm-hmm. I think you hit it dead on, Brian. He's just like, 
you hand in the script and that's exactly what you're going to get. It's not sure. going to be any better than that. It's going to be that probably to a T. And maybe that's what he's great for. You know, maybe he's he's great for doing Adam Sandler movies, right? <laughs> Where you know exactly what you're going to get from the cast and the script. You just need somebody to step in and make sure the production gets done and um, everything gets handled and the movie makes its its due date, basically. Like, that's that's mm-hmm. kind of what I see. Like, the fact that he's a he's a director for hire for Netflix makes the most sense ever to me. <laughs> you know? Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the yeah. most... That's John Lee Hancock. Like he needs to, if I was him, I would sign a seven year deal with, with Netflix and just be like, <laughs> what do you got? Because, you know, he obviously spent so much time and, and energy on this mm-hmm. and, and it feels like Warner Brothers said, all right, uh, John sure. Lee, you've been doing great work for a long time. Here's, this is the one, man. This is the one. This is the, the one we're going to get Denzel. We're going to get the, everyone in this movie the top three guys are all Academy Award winners. Like we're going that far for you because we think you deserve it and we think you have the potential. And um, I bet they're probably, I mean, they're might not regretting it because it did get a lot of, a lot of good buzz uh, mm-hmm. over the weekend. People were talking and won the weekend, whatever. But this does not give me more faith that John Lee Hancock is like anybody to watch going forward. This is going to no. be like a, yeah. No. He, he almost we'll serves as like a, you, it's kind of surprising to me. And it, I think you're right on the passion. It, he doesn't really have, I think that's why I like the Alamo in part that I'm, you know, we're Texan and I grew up on, on Texas history and all that kind of stuff. That's probably half false, but whatever. Uh, I, I kind of do that. I think that movie, you can really tell he really cares about the subject matter that he's putting, but it's, it's, it's kind of surprising to me that he hasn't sort of attached himself or gotten attached to a, a lead actor and then just as like sort of the nominal director for that actor actually being the director, you know, like how right. Like, like Denzel and Antoine like, I don't want to or something. Yeah. 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 I'll just turn it over to one of my buddies, but right. really I'm going to direct this. You'd kind of think that he's that or, or maybe the equivalent of like a decent script doctor, <laughs> you know, Hollywood's just like, Hey, the script isn't working great. Can you just come in and give it sort of a, a pass so we can get it, get it, start getting filmed. That that's kind of how he is. As You know what he would do director. really well in probably mm. franchise films. Sure. Sure. Hey, we got <laughs> like, a script. Like we Marvel have this, movies we have or... the infrastructure already. Yeah. yeah we just kind of need you to point the camera, you know, make a few adjustments here and there, but we're not really asking a whole lot. So mm-hmm. just come in here and turn it over. The yeah. yeah. Capture the live action stuff. We'll turn it into the CG people sure. and we're good. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's, that's John Lee Hancock. And, and, you know, I had high hopes because I do think like the founder and the highwaymen were steps in the right direction for him. Sure. But, uh, let's get into this movie. Let's get into little things. Um, so what you, I, I think this is kind of a, it's meant to be a swindle in a way to the audience in a lot mm. of ways. It feels like that, the way the advertising was uh, for okay. the movie. Uh, you know, the way tropes typically work in movies. We've seen movies like this before. We, we we know what to expect with movies like these. And I think John Lee Hancock knew that we would know what to expect with movies like these and then use that against us in a way. Or, I mean, that's kind of what the plot revolves around is – thing i don't know we'll we'll get into spoilers here but it it feels like he was just playing on sort of typical buddy cop um you know young hip guy being shown Mm -hmm. the ropes by the old aggressive retired cop trope and the other trope of let's go find a murderer right and Mm -hmm. we'll find Mm -hmm. all the clues and the end of movie 
we'll find the murderer and everybody leaves happy, right? That's those are the two tropes sure. that kind of he brings he brings here. Uh, he flips those on their heads. Mm-hmm. I don't know if in a significant way or in a way that just just to flip them on their heads. Does that make sense? So then maybe yeah, that's can, my, maybe that's my one saying. issue with it is like it feels feels a bit like he's not telling a story of passion more than telling a story of I don't know, shock, you know, like he's just trying mm-hmm. to twist and turn us because he can and because uh we don't expect it. Sure. No, I think that's fair. Like I I don't love uh I wrote about this the other day. I was talking about a book I read that was sort of that was a mystery. I don't read a lot of mysteries because part of my deal is, I, and I, I read a lot. Like I read, typically read fifty-two ish. That's my goal every year, anyways. Fifty-two books a year. I don't read a ton of mystery because I, I I get frustrated pretty pretty easily with those types of books because I feel like more often than not they get obsessed with their own mystery element, you know, and it's like the whole. I understand that this, the point of a mystery is to unravel some big thing, but it's like they kind of get get caught up and twisted in keeping the keeping the reader guessing, and then the you know the final yeah. twist hit, and you're like, well, that's dumb, or well, yeah, that only works because the people in this in this story are the dumbest people possible, and things like that. Um, and I definitely had a little bit of that with with this this movie for sure. I kept waiting for. More twists to come out. By the part of it is, I think it has a really good trailer. That's, I think that's a solid trailer, right? And uh, and that that sort of heightened my expectation or anticipation for it, um, maybe to my own detriment in a little a little ways. Um, I kept waiting for those things to break out, and ultimately, uh, for the most from a mystery side of things, I'm kind of with you. I was I was ultimately a little bit let, let down and disappointed in the reveal on those things. I'm not sure that they are worth the effort that we went through to, uh, to put them there for, for people to kind of chase the clues, you know? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the movie starts out Brian with a girl being stalked by a, uh, a road rage guy. Remember that doesn't happen. It's not, we need to stop doing this guys. It, people don't get, don't, no, look, don't run we, into we can... awkward people on the roads. Stop. We can have that because you're you're doing a callback to our our best and worst <laughs> of the year episode for the listeners that, that didn't hear that. But I'm fine with <laughs> this. This happens. The weird part is that that then Russell Crowe goes home and sets her whole family on fire. That's yeah. the part yeah. that I think is weird. Well, Jared Leto. I don't know. We. I mean, you could see Jared Leto. Yeah, I right? mean, yeah, it's not out of the realm of believability there. Method mm-hmm. um, acting, dude. Come on. <laughs> right. So yeah, it it's got that. Uh, it's got that uh, opening, and then it and then it pivots immediately to a black Angus black anus joke. Um, like first, <laughs> like there's a sign like a like a neon sign where one of the letters is out. Uh, yeah, and that's uh, I'm like, okay, and that just kind of is for nothing. It doesn't really I don't know. It's just a weird kind of throw in there, throw in joke at the beginning of the movie. That's the only funny thing in the movie at all. The only hint of humor is that one. That one thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I understand Denzel as, as you know, a retired police officer. And that that really intrigues me, kind of the subject matter of somebody trying to forget their past or let go of, you know, traumatic experiences. But I think the way they did this mm-hmm. was just so cheesy for me. The scenes with Denzel laying in the bed and seeing the dead bodies and the girls everywhere and like, 
that whole, yeah. the way they flash back to that stuff was just so dumb to me. And it was just like the most eye rolly, honestly, like felt like one of those bad Stephen King movies from the mid aughts, you know, like, so, like 1408 uh, yeah, totally, or something like totally. that. <laughs> I, I mean, I think you're onto something there with the, the feel of the movie I think in some ways a pro and in some ways a con. Um, and it, it certainly helps that the, that the time period it's set in 1990 stuff. So that's part of it. But this kind of movie, it felt like every weekend there were two of these when we were kids. Like there was just like dozens and dozens of a year of like yeah, sort all, of late all, murder movies. They all had like Richard know? Gere and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's like who who's in this one? Oh, this one's got Ed Harris. Okay, you know, right. I mean, it, it's there were tons and tons of this kind of movie, and it was the same with made for TV movies or low rent Stephen King movies. Like, I had that same thought while I was watching this. I was like, man, this kind of feels like like uh, '90s Stephen King straight to VHS kind of movie. Um, so some of that I kind of liked because it it is. In a lot of ways, this is, this is kind of the movie that we, we complain about a lot of not having these movies anymore, you know? Um, this is, in, in many ways, it's kind of surprising that this isn't an eight-part Netflix series instead of a, a movie on HBO Max and stuff. And so I kind of dug that in a way, but also then you're totally right. Like, the low parts then really stick out as like, Ugh, okay, maybe this is why we don't do this kind of movie anymore. Yeah, I mean... I think it's just the approach. <laughs> I think it's just the approach. Like, like I think you can do that storyline without, I don't know, going that far with it. Or I don't know. There's more nuance you can do with Denzel and show that he's experiencing trauma or regret mm-hmm. about a, a murder that he was involved in without having ghosts like standing in the room with him. Does that make sense? Like that. Mm-hmm. That to me, that's just. That's just bad directing. I don't know what what else to say there, you know. So, so that that really stuck out to me. Um, you know, I've seen this, some talk in the Discord about Rami Malek and him being unwatchable in this, and like like I couldn't do Rami Malek at all. I could, I mm-hmm. had to turn it off. That kind of thing. I'm not there yet with him. Uh, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody was not not the best. Um, I think he. I, I'm willing to see this James Bond movie and then make my call because I think with a, a competent filmmaker, which we kind of mm-hmm. yet to see. I mean, what Brian uh, Singer directed Bohemian Rhapsody, so some of it, uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. yeah, some of it. And um, you know, he's fine in Mr. Robot too. I think that's still the best thing he's done. Sure. And I don't know. For me, the the verdict is still out on on Rami Malek. I'm not I'm not writing him off yet. But this was not a not an encouraging role from him for me. Sure. I don't know. It, to me, it just felt like not believable in a way. I don't know. Maybe he, maybe it's like he got this role because he just won an Oscar, you know, and like mm-hmm. this role mm-hmm. was just like open for whoever won the last Oscar. You sure. know, it didn't feel like Rami Malek himself was perfect for this role or anything like that. Does no. that make sense? I, I thought I thought Rami Malek was terrible. Uh, okay, he's 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 by a fair stretch the worst part to me. Um, oh wow, I'm also really? With you, oh yeah, oh yeah, big time. I, I'm with you in that. I'm not. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to write him off entirely because I do think he's been very good in some things. You, you mentioned Mr. Robot. He's he's very good in that. Um, he's had some. Even some of his like. His you know what he's good in is the the master. 
He was he popped yeah, up in yeah, that the other day. I watched that. Sure, yeah. for sure. I mean, I, I'm not like watching this movie and watching Bohemian Rhapsody has not made me be like, well, he's going to be terrible in this 007 movie that we're apparently never ever ever going to see. But, um, but no, I it, it's not that. Uh, I just. <laughs> I can't understand what he's saying half the time. Like he's Tom Hardy to me in a lot of ways. I, can't, <laughs> I had to turn on the yeah. subtitles on this. I was like, what is he saying? Like this doesn't, this doesn't work. And he's another guy that, and we got two of them in this movie because Leto is the same way, but in some ways I think Malik maybe is, is, is even worse. He's, he's another one of these guys that kind of falls into again, the Tom Hardy character of, it feels like the only thing he's looking for in a script is, can I do something weird with this guy? Is it, is, is this, does this character have some sort of, uh, weird affectation that I can put on or, or something like that? Because, and, and I'm just kind of tired of weird equals good. That's, that's, I'm just, I'm just getting a little beaten down by that sort of quote unquote acting. So for me, he's the worst part of the movie. Um, I've said many times, I, the the problem for me with Jared Leto, with the exception of of the Joker, is not Jared Leto on screen. It's Jared Leto off screen. That's the part that makes my eyes roll up in my head so hard that I, I nearly <laughs> have a seizure or something. It's it's the as a human being, I can't imagine there are like five people who are not in jail that I would like to hang out with less than Jared Leto. But on screen, Jared Leto is pretty good. And he's there's pretty good a I've actually met Jared Leto before. That's funny. Oh, I, I met him in like. 2004 30 seconds to Mars and 30 seconds to Mars had just come out and they were opening for fallout boy. Yep. And I went to go see fallout boy because I had known them because we, my band had opened for fallout boy. Like when they were, you know, in a van Mm -hmm. basically. Sure. And, uh, and Jared and I, yeah. And Jared Leto like acted like, you know, he, he hung the moon. All he had done at that point, I think was fight club. Okay. You know, in 30 seconds yeah. to Mars. And my so-called life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Be- not really, maybe. not really anything. He hadn't won <laughs> Oscars or anything like that. Yeah. Or 30 seconds to Mars wasn't even very big. But mm-hmm. I just remember the drummer of Fall Out Boy, like geeking out over him. And, <laughs> and we're, we're all standing in like a little semicircle, me and Jared, uh-huh. my friend, Andy Hurley from Fall Out Boy. And, um, I got Jared to like sign my little credential thing. And then Andy Hurley gets him to sign his credential thing. And he's like, hey, man, I'm Jared. He's like, yeah, I know who you are. <laughs> and it was just weird to see uh, somebody in Fall Out Boy who was, op- who was headlining over 30 Seconds to Mars, uh, like geeking right. out over the opener. That's, that was pretty funny to me. But there's actually a clip that's been going viral this week on Twitter, Brian speaking of insufferability and Jared Leto, where it's a 30 Seconds to Mars concert in like Europe or something. And... It's one of those things where I need everybody to stand up right now and put their hands in the air. You know, one of those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then um, everybody does it. And then there's like one dude in the balcony not doing it. Right. <laughs> and then Jared's like calls him out and he's like, hey, man, are you too cool to stand up? at a co-? You know, and it's one of those like real awkward, like mm-hmm. when you're at a show and the lead singer calls somebody out in the audience for doing something like mm-hmm. when we saw Ryan Adams and he yeah. was. Yeah. Did it like seven times. It's yeah. awful, but it goes on for like three minutes <laughs> of him just yelling at this guy. And the guy's clearly not going to stand up. Right. And mm-hmm. um, he's like yeah. in a wheelchair and stuff. Yeah. And the band is just on stage, just like playing a chord, like to just stop, please just stop, oh, you know, but you can't do anything because yeah. he is the band and uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, 
Yeah, the I think the Jared Leto thing was not knowing about coronavirus because he was on because uh, he was on a, uh, was on a silence meditation. Silent. <laughs> just like, okay. That is so Jared Leto. Yeah, it is. You know what? I sure do. Yeah. As much as I, I think he's kind of a a d bag in person, and sure. as a person, I think he's a good actor. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's a very talented actor. I like I said, I don't. I rarely have an issue with him on screen, with the exception of of the Joker. Uh, but for, you know, for the most part, I think he's a very good actor. And, and even when he does something that like is smaller or, or, you know, less quote unquote significant, I think he's pretty good in it. Typically he's, he's, he's very, very good. I mean, now Morbius is going to make us killers. I think that's going to be terrible, but, but that's fine. Everybody has bad movies. That's not the problem. It's the, it's all the garbage that goes with Jared Leto. That's, that's the beef, right? Like all the, I sent my cast. I sent my castmates dead rats in the mail because I was trying to get in character and that kind of junk. That yeah, needs when to, you, yeah, needs that was stop. awful. Yeah, he's he's. I mean, he, again, as a person, totally insufferable. But not. But he's fine as a as an actor. Sometimes very good. I mean, like Dallas, he gets for whatever reason he gets a lot of guff for Dallas, but he's great in that movie. And uh, he, I think he totally deserves the the Oscar. That I think he would be a really good Marvel villain or something. Yeah, you I know? mean, if you can channel him, I yeah. think he'd be like. Imagine not Guardians Joker, of the but Galaxy, like something like a little more as, toned down than that. Sure, yeah, with Ron, I'm like he could he could have been a good Ronan, could have been uh, a great Ronan uh, Loki or something. Sure, yeah, I mean he he's talented. It's just yeah. you got to deal with a lot of crap just to put. Did you you saw that interview with Denzel right from I think it was like USA Today where Denzel was like, yeah, he's not gonna pull any of that crap with me. I wouldn't I wouldn't take it. I oh, like, I bet. Denzel is like so straightforward, man. Yeah, he's yeah. no nonsense. <laughs> no nonsense. Uh, so let's talk about the characters uh, in this. Uh, first, uh, a little bit about Leto's character. And again, this is what I went back to or, or I preempted the conversation with. It's playing on our expectations, right? We see mm-hmm. Jared Leto in this. We see uh, Denzel. We see Rami and their characters in the film, uh, Deke and... We say, okay, there's the two good guys, there's the bad guy. All right, let's do this, right? And that's that's what we expect. And and the, the film plays out, and we start to think to ourselves as the audience, yeah, of course, of course, Jared Leto did it. Like, let's let's figure this out. Let's let's find some clues, right? And you know, it's kind of a Twin Peaks kind of plot in the movie, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of that a little bit. And we come to find out. Maybe he didn't re- didn't actually do it, right? And we and we start to figure out about the dark past of Deke, aka Denzel, and that he has actually been involved in a in a past murder, and that uh, Leto's character has helped him cover it up, right, in some way. So he has a pre- he he knows this guy, but um, doesn't necessarily know if he would be a murderer. Like he knows he's shady. He's done a lot of crap in the past, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know. He, he he's not as convinced as as the other guy is, right? Sure. And and that's the whole dynamic they're trying to play with is Denzel's been living with this guilt his entire life for something that happened in his past, right? Mm-hmm. Accidentally, something went awry in his police work. He's yeah. just trying to pass that burden off on somebody else, which he does. Sure. Yeah. And I guess that's, it's, it, I mean, I guess that's a good ending, surprising ending, but it's, I don't know, it's not what you expect. I don't know if I would mm-hmm. have, ex- I would have preferred a more straightforward 
story. <laughs> if that makes sense. Just like a, yeah, I mean, uh, I kind of liked the Denzel aspect of it. Um, and and the, the like to me the character motivate they're they're relatively cliche and tropey and all that kind of stuff. But I you know I kind of got it and I, and I was okay with it. The part that I didn't dig was the 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 Malik Leto interactions and the way that those those two kind of went back that's and forth. that interrogation scene was rough yeah between really them was. two it was bad it really and, was. and Jared Leto in this he he was like channeling the Mr. Burns character when Mr. Burns is the alien you sure. know yeah. <laughs> he's just like sure. walking sure. around like like with his eyes <laughs> wide open like I come in peace like he's just like uh-huh. this like I don't even know how to explain it but Jared Leto was right. acting like he was high on helium or something the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, and like okay, so his his whole character is the the bit is to to be weird and and obnoxious and um provocative, right? Like he's he's trying to provoke Rami Malek's character the whole time and stuff. And so even that kind of made sense to me. It's just there's like eight things that 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 Malik's character does in the course of this that are like bad horror movie level decision making, you know, where where you know, that's always one of my beefs with horror movies is like it's just like a a, a prerequisite that every person to the point that it that it gets memed and 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 it's a bit now, but but every character has to do the dumbest thing you could possibly do in in any situation and that's how it felt with with Rami Malek. It's just like one thing after another. Uh, what would it, I mean, what would any normal human being do? I'll do, no, I'm going to do the exact opposite of that. Yeah. I'll get the guy in the head with the shovel. You wouldn't have done that. Yeah. And and so I think that's the thing to me is like it, it that part is what really falls flat because it culminates in, in that, like the whole point he's trying to, uh, he's trying to provoke a reaction and I feel like any normal human being would figure out how to not have that. How to reaction. overcome it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the whole. So to me, it just that that part kind of that that's the stuff that, that falls flat and that kind of leaves me like, ugh, I'm not real, real so on that versus the Denzel side of it. I, I felt like I really I got that. I understood that character a little bit. I understood his motivations and his um his actions and behaviors and things like that. I mean, I didn't like the, the whole concept of like him sitting in the hotel room, staring at the, the, the dead girls and stuff. I thought that was really dumb and, and over overdone as well. But, but in terms of character motivations, I, I kind of got that, that segment of the, of the plotting. It's the, it's the Malik part that I was just like, this is not, this is real weak. This is the weak link in all this to me. Yeah. And, I don't. I, I guess really what it comes down to is what I, what I kind of said at the outset, which is John Lee Hancock doesn't elevate anything. Mm-hmm. I sure. wonder if David Lowry had directed this movie, how it would have been. You know, yeah, oh, somebody man. who we need a David. I don't know, Lowry brings movie. like Denny. Like, what if Denny had done this? Sure. Like, this would have been like Prisoners. You know, it would have been. I think it would have been really good and unexpected, it in a good way, not in a bad way. Like, this was unexpected mm-hmm. in a bad way. For me. Yeah, I think that's a great. I mean, there's no there's no question that putting a a better director in charge or maybe even just having somebody who's a better writer. I think the same script with a better director. I'll go with that yeah, part. That, I'll that say I'll no, say no take question. this exact script no and get a 
director with vision and the sure. same actors, yeah. everything, and you're you're fine. And this is maybe a a best picture nominee, really. Yeah, I mean it has it has it has the bones, right? Right. Like there's a there's some quality to to the whole thing. It's just it it just kind of falls. But I do think that script the, the part of the script that needs to be reworked for me is is the Malik aspect of it. Malik versus Leto. That's fair. Aspect. That's I fair. Just, man, it really didn't. That really failed. Now, I mean, to be fair to all parties, the story aspect with Denzel worked a lot better to me than the Malik part of it is. But maybe that's because it's Denzel. Yeah, and, and so that's the thing. <laughs> like that's what I was going to say. Dude, like, I mean, I, that's what I mean. Like, to me, to say this is the worst Denzel performance, like, it's still the, by far the best thing in the movie. I don't know. I don't know what else to say other than that's maybe it's only saving grace is that Denzel's in this. <laughs> you know, like maybe if that was even sure. another actor, well, we wouldn't even be talking you know, about like sure. that. No, the flip side of that is, I mean, I would, would love to talk about Denzel anytime we get. And in fact, I said this to Richard the other day. Uh, well, we, I don't know what we were recording or something. It was like, I think our retrospective next year should just be Denzel. We should do a whole year of Denzel because I love, love Denzel. And he's, he's magnet. He's magnificent all the time. He is super not trying in this movie, like right. at all. I mean, he, this is like paycheck roll 101 for, for him. And I'm totally fine with it because goodness knows the man works hard enough. <laughs> we can, we, he can have a, he can get paid $15 million or whatever to, to just kind of be there. I'm cool with it because his charisma brings so much to the screen as it is. But whereas, I mean, I dog Malik for all of the, the garbage, but he is trying. I mean, Denzel's not really giving much, much of an effort here uh, at all, I would say. But it's just the fact that he's Denzel and he can, his, uh, his his uh, no effort is better than most actors' great effort um, when it really comes down to it because he's just such a such a great presence on screen and is so uh, easily I don't know he's so easy to to uh, for your eyes to go to and just to to be caught up in what he's doing even when he's not really doing a whole lot you know yeah and there's I don't know there's been a lot of talk about about John David Washington lately and, and I love John David Washington, but he's not Denzel, man. No, I don't know. Sure. It's just something about, about, I know I go back to like watching Mo better blues or something like that. And Denzel's, you know, when Denzel was young, like, like JD and, mm-hmm. and he's still just so much better than JD, like even back then, you know, um, and JD's a good actor. I guess it's just, and I think he brought the like screen presence, you know, he passed that on to JD, but not the the absolute just light up the screen charisma that that Denzel has. You know, where it's just he's a movie star. Denzel is a movie star. I don't know if JD's a mm-hmm. movie star. Sure. Yeah, bro. I mean, it'd be tough to be. It's not fair to compare him to Denzel, right? Like we're talking about maybe the greatest actor ever. Maybe. Uh, I mean, in certainly of his generation, in the conversation, yeah. you know, and and somebody who. I was just looking at his uh, his his uh, Rotten Tomatoes and stuff, and and his IMDb page and filmography and whatnot. I mean, he's got some movies that are not good. Let's be, I mean, let's be real. But he also kind of looking through, and it's like, is there one movie that I would say like that is a bad movie? It, it, like Virtuosity, maybe. Like that's that's probably a bad movie, but. Even the other movies that he's in, that you're like, yeah, that didn't that didn't go great. It's 
they're still pretty good. You yep. know? They're still like He elevates everything to like yeah, a B I mean, B minus. Just him if being John involved. Q comes on, is are you like, uh John Q, I gotta turn this off? No, you're like, hey, Denzel, I can I can handle ten minutes of this, no problem. I mean, it's he's he's on I mean, he really he he's it's it's him and Hanks from their generation of quality and likability and the ability to like really turn it on and go like to you know ridiculous actor levels and stuff. I mean, there's I'm not I I think they're probably maybe I'm forgetting somebody and the listeners will will remind me, but maybe Meryl, same thing. Like those three are kind of unparalleled from their generation of of actors when it comes to these yeah. things and so uh it's not fair for, tom hanks has more john David has Washington. more bad movies in his resume though i mean that's probably but even like the circle the exception of yeah the circle is here but that's not even a tom hanks movie you know what i mean oh, that's, that's just true. like he he kind of took him he took a role but regardless I, I i hear i mean larry crown stuff like that i mean but you're, you're probably right but but even still like the the number of of movies with hanks that you're just like, I mean, I hate Forrest Gump more than anybody, but he's great in that movie. Yeah. Know? I always have to admit that. I just hate that. I hate the movie. It's, it's the direction that's terrible and the writing and stuff that's bad for that. But, but, right. uh, anyway, my, my point is that the, these are, uh, you know, these are kind of unicorns in a lot of ways to be able to do what they, what, what that group is able to do. And so, uh, you know, John, if John David Washington accomplishes, a third of what his dad accomplished, then you have to say, well, that was a great career. You know, it's just, it's, it's hard to go, to go up against, uh, to go up against Denzel. Denzel's next movie that was supposed to be last year is uh tragedy of Macbeth the, with Joel Cohen yeah. directing Francis McDormand and Denzel Boy, uh, doing cool. Macbeth. And so that's coming out this year too. So maybe it's still an Oscar year for Denzel. <laughs> It sure. might not have yeah. been with little things, but it certainly might be in his future. And yeah, I'm with you, man. This is, um, I think you're higher on this movie than me, but it doesn't give me any, any real confidence in anyone, anything going forward, uh, nothing to build off here, nothing to look forward to beyond, um, just, you know, liking some of the people involved. Let's sure. see what Rami Malek's, uh, got coming up here. Uh, he's got untitled David O. Russell project. Which he's filming okay. right now. Could be interesting. And uh, No Time to Die later this year. Um, Anya Taylor Joy and Margot Robbie are also in this David O. Russell movie with uh, with Rami. Sure. And then that we'll see Jared Leto next day. in the Snyder Cut. Apparently, they've added him to to that movie because they that needed to be a thing. Was it? When does that come out? March eighteenth. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to so be I on have, vacation. Let's see. Then. It's February 3rd. So I've got about got about 6 weeks um to die to enjoy life. Podcast. Yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> like I told Batman Shane in the Discord, I said you can you're free to just solo episode the Snyder cut. Just <laughs> I'm totally fine with that. Totally good. Yeah, keep oh, it open mind. All right. Well, that's uh that's the little things HBO Max. We hope you liked it more than we did, but uh, let's grade this one out, Brian. Uh, I'm going B minus with this one. Okay. I think that I'm, I'm right about that. I'm a little, I thought you would be a little lower. That's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'll just go straight B. I think, I mean, if we had a couple people that tweeted as, and there was, this was, you were right. This was a big dis- topic of discussion in, in the discord. 
Um, and I think some people really hated it and that's fine. Like I, this is not a movie that I can necessarily, that I would ever like defend, but I think what Leto's doing was pretty good. And I just like watching Denzel. It's been a while. I, I like was, yeah. was Fences the last movie that, that we saw him in? And that was, I like, saw him in, um, forgetting something? it was the Magnificent Seven a couple years ago. Yeah. Oh, the Equalizer Equalizer 2. Equalizer 2. Like I didn't see that with you guys. Um, it's not my you guys did the, uh, episode on it, but I did see that after the fact. Uh, but yeah, Magnificent yeah. Seven in 2016 was the last one we talked about um, mm-hmm. that he, that we reviewed, all three of us on the on the pod. So yeah, right. it's been a while, and yeah. I don't know what he's doing, man. He maybe he's waiting out the uh, the pandy to pass or something, you know, sure. and and we'll he's see. Old, maybe he's just supporting too. JD I mean, if, to sure. be a dad if, if or whatever. He, I don't know. If he wants to be choosy, yeah, I think he's well within his right at this point to say, eh, I'm not, I'm not gonna do. Uh, I'm not going to do two guns and safe house type movies anymore. I'm going to kind of sit, sit around and wait for, for something that's a little bit, but he's the best man. I, I love Denzel so much. So I, it's real hard for me to go less than a B or B minus on a, on a Denzel movie. Cause I just, I, I enjoy having him on the screen so much. He's just the best. He's the best dude. So I, yeah. I'll, I'll just stick with a B and, and that's fine. And if you hate it, you hate it. I totally get it. But I, I thought it was, it did enough to keep me interested. And, uh, I thought there were some, some decent parts of it that, that kind of kept it, kept it from, from kind of, uh, falling into its own traps that it seems kind of dead set on setting up in some ways. So, yeah, I would like to see Denzel direct again. I thought Fences was really well directed. I'd like to see him maybe explore that side of his career. Or I would like to see him reunite with Spike Lee again. That would be amazing. Yeah, dude, that'd be great. That'd be great. I mean, do you still feel like he has a a, a great performance or, or three oh, left course, in him? Of course. I do too. Yeah. I do too. I mean, I'm really looking forward to Macbeth. I can't I can't freaking wait for that. That's gonna be that's gonna be really awesome. But I mean he had a he had an Oscar nomination for fences, I'm pretty sure, and maybe for, for Roman J. Israel Esquire. I know he got Golden Globe for that, but I can't or nomination. I can't remember if he was Oscar nom or not. But regardless, I I, I mean Maybe in some ways it's, pro- it's maybe it's a good thing that he's not pumping out as many movies and is kind of just biding his time a little bit because maybe he get to focus it a little bit more and and be always just incredibly awesome in pretty much everything he does. But yeah, dude, I, I can't wait to see what he does next. Always, maybe a possible conversation to be had later, maybe in February, um, about the uh, possibility of him being an American treasure. Maybe we'll tease that. Uh, yeah, maybe yeah, for sure. Maybe for sure. Yeah, it's a good, good. It'll be a good, good combo for sure. All right, there it is. That's the little things. If you want the weekly recommends from us, we put them on our little teaser we did earlier in the week for our AMA. So check out that little AMA segment and then uh, some weekly recommends for this week. But we'll be back next week with more movie talk. Follow us on Twitter at Mad About Movies and on Instagram Mad About Movies Podcast. Follow Brian and I on Twitter at Kent Garrison and at Begill Twelve. And uh, check out all our blogs we got going on madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Just got a review from a VIP for, of Coda, which just swept mm-hmm. Sundance. So if you're curious on on that movie, Coda, what it's about, and uh, whether it's worth seeing, check that out on uh, on our website. But until next time, hopefully we'll see you soon. Episode. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.
scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Your salad is scrambled eggs. They're calling again. <laughs> 